You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. Welcome back. Uh, We're so glad that you've joined us on Real Presence Live this morning. Uh, My name is Mike Kidrowski. I'm here with Doug Jillick. We're broadcasting live from Steffes in North Dickinson. And that is in the Diocese of Bismarck. And uh, we have uh, had a great show, a great show. It's even going to get better uh, with our fourth segment. And uh, uh, we want to welcome, we want to welcome Tish Oxenrider to the show. Welcome, Tish. Hello. Thanks for having me. Yes, you're very welcome. Uh, Thanks for joining us. Uh, Tish, where are you... uh, uh, where are we calling you at the, uh, this morning? Where, where are you located? I am in Georgetown, Texas, which is a smallish town just north of Austin. I see, I see. Well, good to hear from uh, Texas this morning. But, uh, uh, Tish, you are, are an author of a, of a uh, releasing a devotional for Lent entitled Bitter and Sweet, A Journey into Easter. Um, and you have a great conversion story uh, and uh, leading up to uh, authoring this, uh, uh, this devotional. So can you tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, your, that story, Tish? Sure. So um, I am a lifelong Protestant. I grew up evangelical, kind of in a non-denominational church. And to be honest, had a great experience, you know, went to church weekly with my family. I learned so much of the Bible through my high school youth group, and um, I ended up actually going on the mission field for a while after um, and because of that upbringing, and that is where I met my husband, actually. He was doing the exact same thing um, on, we met in Kosovo in Eastern Europe, and um, we met, and uh obviously got married and started having kids and went back out on the field. And this is just what we were thinking to do. Well, one of the interesting things God did is um, really open our eyes to a more global church, uh, help us see sort of what was really more of an American cultural way of worship that we have been raised in versus what was much more historic, much more uh, non-perhaps Americanized. So I will spare all the ins and outs and twists and turns, but we actually became Anglican at first um, when we returned back to the States. And then it was about five, six years later that actually came into full communion with the Catholic Church, mm-hmm. honestly, a little over a year ago now. So it's all been relatively recent, um, but I think God had been tapping on us for decades, and we, we finally saw um, where he was leading us. Yes, well, welcome to uh, uh, the Catholic Church, uh, Tish, you and your family, and uh, what a great story that is. And, um, you you know, uh, Lent is just around the corner. I can't believe it's, uh, you know, a couple weeks away. Ash Wednesday is March the 2nd, folks, uh, and Lent ends on Holy Thursday on April the 14th. And, uh, uh, Tish, you have... uh, uh, you know, you didn't practice Lent for most of, of your life, uh, obviously. Um, you know, the Catholic faith has an emphasis on Lent, and, and uh, 
using that period of time to uh, increase our faith. Uh, and so can you, um, well, can you tell me uh, and tell our listeners uh, a little bit about what Lent means to you and your family and how's that, how that has changed over the years? Yeah, you know, I didn't really grow up feeling anti-Lent or anything. I just knew nothing about it. It was this word I that um, I, I had heard of here and there. It was very archaic and old, and um, we, it just wasn't part of my upbringing at all. Uh, but whenever we had returned back to the state and um, were kind of learning more about the ancient church, we were introduced to the liturgical calendar. And honestly, my experience with Lent actually begins Advent. Um, when I, my kids were little, I wanted to incorporate more Advent in our family, in some ways just for self-preservation during this, the, that holiday season with little kids. And um, I became really uh, just enamored with and appreciative of the church's gift of the liturgical calendar, inviting us to live in tandem with the seasons and the rhythms and, and marking time according to the life of Christ. And so um, I really drew a fondness for Advent. And then, obviously, it just went from there, learning more about how the, church, or the calendar continues on. And so when we began practicing Lent about, I don't know, seven, eight years ago, when we were Anglican, it was really an eye-opening experience to learn what it means to um, intentionally focus on a season of penitence. And um, denial and a little bit of, um, you know, purposeful uh, limitations in my life in order to make more room for God and His voice to speak. And um, it just went from there and learned so much about what it meant to, um, <laughs> to embody more of, of um, Christ's goodness and not just think about it. You know, I think my, for as good as my upbringing was, we tend to, in the Protestant church, be very heady about things and, and keep things uh, less sacramental. And so um, it was just a really great experience at first to understand what it means to join with the global church and the historic church and, um, and invite my body into the experience of leaning into, into Christ's goodness there. Tish, uh, Doug Jillick here. Good morning. Welcome to our show. I'd, uh, my question to you is, as you uh, described your experience, what then called you to uh, write not only one book in the sense of for the Lent side of things, but you also have a previous book for Advent. So what inspired you or had the calling to write it about it? Well, yeah. So a few years after um, one of my books came out, about um, a year that my family and I traveled for a year around the world, um, we had gotten home and settled, and I was really wanting to incorporate more of the rhythms into our just home life. And I was looking for a book about Advent that met our particular needs and couldn't find it. I wanted something that was theologically rich and meaningful, um, but was also open and go and realistic for modern family life. And um, I ended up writing it for my family, and then, you know, therefore publishing it for others, and um, it was well-received, and then people started asking me, okay, so when are you going to write one about Lent? And my initial thought was, like, I didn't know I was going to write a book about Lent, but I ended up praying about it, talking about it with others, and sure enough, there was the same need for Lent, something that was accessible and open and go, 
and approachable uh, for both people who grew up with Lyme and people who've never before experienced the fall. And um, something that was still rich and meaningful and wasn't just surfacey. So uh, that's the short answer of how I wrote it. I wrote it because uh, it was the thing that, I, that seemed to be needed among the community of leaders. You know, just uh, the three things, by the, by the way, ladies and gentlemen, if you're just joining us, uh, we're broadcasting live from Steffes in North Dickinson, North Dakota, in the Diocese of Bismarck. My name is Mike Kidrowski. I'm here with Doug Jillick. We're the co-hosts for the rest of the show here. And we're visiting with Tish Oxenreiter. She's the author of Bitter and Sweet, A Journey into Easter, a devotional for Lent. And uh, uh, Tish... Uh, us uh, Catholics, uh, cradle Catholics, uh, you know, throughout our life, we, as a kid, we, you know, let, let, uh, well, Mike, you should, let, let, let's give up chocolate. Uh, and some of us uh, continue to do the, those sorts of things all the way up until our adult life. But uh, I think I read somewhere uh, in one of your, and I, I do have the, uh, cover of your book in front of me uh, I got offline it's just a few pages that we were allowed to print but uh, the name of your book is bitter and sweet and it's got rightly so lemons uh, <laughs> and and the flowers the blooms of a lemon tree I think uh, and uh, so anyway that's uh, that's very appropriate but uh, can you talk to us about uh, a more uh, mature way of uh, uh, sacrificing during Lent to increase our faith. Yeah, you know, if you think about it, within the liturgical calendar, we never see fasting without feasting, you know? And so sometimes we forget that fasting is not the end in itself. It's means to a greater end. And that end is making room for God to speak in our life in a unique way that perhaps we wouldn't hear had we not been fasting. And so the point is not so much to just give something up to sort of prove our worth or to strengthen our resolve as Christians. Those might be byproducts, but the whole point is to hear from God. And so there's something to be said about really spending time in prayer leading up to Ash Wednesday, asking God, what is it that you are calling me to ask from this season? You know, so that it's not just about the gravity it's also about adding goodness to my life, because that's really and truly the original motive of Lent. It's preparation for Easter. And if Easter is about recognizing Christ's victory over death, then whenever we say no to things in our life, you know, kind of invite little death, we are making room for Christ's ultimate victory over death in our lives. And that's really where God's grace moves and when we can... Um, perhaps really grow in our faith because we're we're making dreams. And so for me, that's that's the poignant part of Lent. It's not about getting it right. You know, the spoiler alert with Lent is you are going to mess up. Nobody does Lent perfectly, right? Um, but mm-hmm. when we practice these things in our bodies, we allow the the times whenever it becomes hard, you know, whenever we feel hungry or whenever we're tempted to kind of sweat, to ask God uh, for us to fully resolve to depend on Him for our strength to uh, really embody the fact that we, that we've allowed. Yes, well put. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, we have to take a break right now. We will be right back with uh, more Real Presence Live and Tish Oxenreiter, 
the author of Bitter and Sweet, A Journey into Easter. Don't go away. We'll be right back. Live, engaging, and local, this is Real Presence Live, where we bring you positive and uplifting stories and share the great things happening in our local area on the Real Presence Radio Network. One day old. Yoo-hoo! Mom! Dad! Remember me? Open your eyes! My belly is empty. My diaper is full. Can you do something about that? I have a very busy schedule. I have eating to do, napping to do, not to mention my regular face-making workout. And don't forget the cuddling. That is my favorite part so far. Let's do more of that today, okay? After you change my diaper, it's most suspicious. Did I mention I'm hungry? Because I am. Just making sure. Oh, there you are. Thank you for picking me up. I love you. Written by Allison Updahl. Rose Management is a family-owned business that believes in good morals, doing the right thing, and treating our residents as family. Rose Management provides housing to complexes throughout North Dakota and Minnesota. All Rose Management's properties and our maintenance staff are in a centralized location in their cities. For questions, Rose Management can be reached at 701-237-6840 or online at rosemanagement.net. Again, that number is 701-237-6840. Did you know you can listen to all your favorite local shows like Awaken and Real Presence Live on any podcast platform such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, and Amazon Music? Just search for Real Presence Radio on your favorite podcast platform. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss any episodes in the future. And don't forget to give us a good rating so others can discover the shows. Listen to your favorite RPR shows anytime, anywhere by subscribing on any podcast platform. Just search for Real Presence Radio today. You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the final segment of Real Presence Live. We're glad that you're with us, uh, joined us. Thank you so much. And uh, we're broadcasting live from Steffes and North Dickinson this morning. My name is Mike Kidrowski. I'm here with Doug Jillick. And we're on the phone with Tish Oxenreiter, author of uh, one of her books, uh, A Devotional for Lent, Bitter and Sweet, A Journey into Easter, Doug. Tish, it always intrigues me uh, when I see books, and also when I see titles that really grab me, uh, grab my heart, and, and, and I get pulled to want to read them. So I'm going to ask you, as a writer, has to, first of all, uh, when you think about what I should call a book or title of a book, has to first grab your heart, and then the readers. So can you explain these two titles? And I want to go back to the Advent one, is Shadow and Light, and then we'll go to the Bitter and Sweet one. So if we could start with Shadow and Light. What in, what called you to title the book Shadow and Light? Yeah, yeah. if you think of both of these seasons actually as journey, you know, going from the beginning to the end, then when you think of Advent, we start with uh, remembering 
what it is we're waiting for, right? It's anticipation for Christ's presence on earth. And at the time, the uh, Jewish people had been waiting for well over 400 years to hear from God. So it was a season of work. And when Christ comes, uh, four Sundays after the, the first day of Advent, it's literal light comes to earth, right? Um, and so when we journey through Advent, we're starting in that season of darkness moving towards light. It's also a reminder of that already not yet season that we live in when Christ had already come, you know, 2,000 years ago, but we're still waiting for his second return, and that's what Advent also recognizes. And so that shadow and light is where we live now, and that in-between space here on Earth. So that's where that name comes from. And then Lent, when we think of Lent as a journey, you know, what's the first day of Ashland Day? We are starting with a day when literally the priest tells us in a poetic way, don't forget that you are going to die, that life is temporary, and that death comes to us all. Fast forward to, you know, the Triduum all the way to Easter Sunday, and we are recognizing the fact that Christ has conquered that death, that yes, we will die, but that death is not all there is. And so the bitterness of death has lost its sting, and we enjoy the full sweetness of Easter. And so there's also a play on the idea of what it is we tend, tend to do on Easter, right? Um, we have sweet. We have, we remember the delight. Easter tide is a feast, the long feast. And so um, it's both kind of the yin and yang of that in-between season that we walk to from, you know, living in our temporary bodies, riddled with sin and temptation, all the way to remembering the grace of God that we have victory over those sins that we entangle ourselves with here on earth and that there is sweetness in that victory. Thank you for that uh, great explanation uh, for those titles. When we talk about the Bitter and Sweet book, when you wrote this book, did you were you inspired to write for a certain type of reader, certain type of Catholic, or certain type of non-Catholic? Uh, what were your inspirations during that time? Yeah, you know, when I wrote uh, Shadow and Light, I was Anglican. When I wrote Bitter and Sweet, I was almost Catholic. <laughs> we were on our very Catholic uh, faith. And so my heart throughout all of this is definitely a sort of ecumenism. You know, I think those who are Catholic or cradle Catholic sometimes forget that uh, so much of, of the fullness of the faith is foreign to modern, you know, Protestants or just those who weren't raised in that tradition. And that is for everyone. You know, Christ wants everybody to come to the table. And so I wanted to write a book that made these rather ancient, rather archaic traditions as easy to understand as possible without watering down the doctrine or the uh, the richness of why we do what we do. So I wrote it a bit with folks in mind. You know, with someone who has been practicing Lent since they were an infant, all the way to someone who, you know, this will be their first year and they're scared to do it because they don't want to mess it up. And, and you know, in particular, I wanted to write it for the modern Christian who really want to embody these practices, these time-honored practices, yet understand the reality of, you know, drive-through and, or, uh, sorry, picket lines and, and making dinner and office meetings. It's the reality of our lives, but sometimes we tend to be all or nothing that if we can't, have a really rich, meaningful, deep, long devotion in Lent, then might as well not do it at all. This meets the need for those of us who just have real lives, um, but who really and truly care about inviting these practices into our lives. 
Thank you, uh, Tish, with that. And, and just for our readers, just uh, for myself, reviewing the book, then uh, it, it does. She does a Tish does a very good job in explaining uh, summing, summary of Lent, what it means, even for this person as myself, a Catholic for more than fifty some years. I even was reminded of some things and also the examples that you gave in the book of what you can do for Lent and not only for just giving up but also what you can do and what intrigues me is I've never I've never witnessed or observed this in a devotional book like this is that at the end of each reading or day you you give a scriptural um, uh, verse or a reading to reflect on another thought to read on uh, reflect on and then you have a song they can go and listen to what prompted that to have you put that in yeah you know i did this for saturday night as well and then also once a week there's art visual art for people to um look at i wanted to incorporate forms of art because of the sacramental nature of these seeds that uh, we practice them in our bodies and so god's given us these senses and it you know what better way to experience the fullness of lent um, then to employ our five senses. So I wanted good art to listen to. I wanted to employ good art to look at. And it also really not only helps those of us who are, you know, adults, but also children. You know, we we remember songs. We remember the things we see when we're younger. And it provides a sort of tangible reminder of what it is we're doing here. And, I mean, honestly, an added bonus is there's just so much good music that points to Christ out there that I think sometimes we forget, and there's just some sort of, I don't know, uh, bonus to me, because I love finding those great artists out there right now, and so um, I'm going to celebrate the many ways we can hear from God through this season. <clears throat> Tish, I just want to say that I felt that just was really well done by you in writing this book. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. You're welcome. Yes, uh, Tish, well, well done. Uh, we're visiting with Tesh uh, Oxenreiter, the author of uh, Bitter and Sweet, A Journey into Easter. Uh, Tish, thanks for joining us uh, today, and all the best to you and your family on your uh, journey in the uh, Catholic faith, and of course also uh, through uh, the season of Lent. Thank you so much. You too. Thanks, Tish. All right, uh, ladies and gentlemen, that uh, wraps up the uh, this uh, segment. Uh, we're going to turn it back to Therese in the mother at the mothership in the Fargo studios. Uh, take it away, Therese. Thanks, Mike. So on the next Real Presence Live tomorrow morning from 9 to 11 a.m. Central, Father James Gross and Father Jason Leffer are your hosts coming to you live from the Grand Forks studio. Nancy Gordon, Father William Slattery will be on to share a Catholic perspective on the book To Kill a Mockingbird. Then call in with your questions for Straight Talk from 9.30 to 10 a.m. And Father Gary Benz from the Diocese of Bismarck will talk about the meaning behind the chair of St. Peter. All that and much more is coming up on the next Real Presence Live, Thursday from 9 to 11 a.m. Central. Back to you. Well, thank you, Therese. And, you know, it's always a challenge to keep uh, Doug and myself on uh, uh, schedule here. So thank you for doing that. <laughs> no and, uh, Doug, uh, we have a couple minutes here. Uh, just reflections on the show. This has been a great, a great uh, show. Any final reflections? It's always interesting. I, I was not kidding when I thought I was just in a listening mood. But I think <laughs> w when you listen 
then that's when the Holy Spirit can work through you to ask the correct questions or what to discuss something. So there's a part for that. I was concerned a little bit, but just to, for our listeners out there, listening is good. Indeed, indeed. And you know, uh, you know the report from our two Catholic schools uh, in the show, uh, Trinity Catholic Schools in Dickinson and Shanley, high school students that talked about the pro-life. That's a lot, there's a lot of hope there, Doug. Our young folks... Uh, our, our parents uh, choosing Catholic schools, knowing that faith is an important part of the life of uh, a family and their children. So uh, thank you to our guests. And uh, uh, Doug, we, uh, in the final minute here, um, you, you know, I was impressed with uh, certainly the, the Stephas interview again. And what I gathered from that is the blend between innovation, humility, and empathy. You know, the, the mix seems to be just right here at Steffes, and they continue to be successful. We get people to come to work. That's it, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you very much for joining us uh, at Real Presence Live this morning. There will be more coming up. Uh, don't go away. Stay tuned uh, to Real Presence Live. God bless you. Take good care. This has been Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Real Presence Live brings you inspirational stories of faith and a look at the good and holy things happening in our local area. Weekday mornings from 9 to 11 Central. Tune in for an encore of each show beginning Saturday morning at 6. Get the podcast any time of day or night at yourcatholicradiostation.com or on the Real Presence Radio app. And remember, you can be a part of the conversation through Facebook and Twitter. Real Presence Live, local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network.